0: Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get
1: ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 106 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, the host of the podcast. And this week, I have someone on the podcast who was a referral from a listener and an alumni. This is Kate All. She runs a business called Simple Pin Media. And if you guessed by the name, it's all about Pinterest. And Pinterest is, I I won't even go into why it's such an amazing platform. I'm going to save that for when I chat with Kate. But I'm excited for you to hear the aha moments that I had and the little glimpses into how much I didn't know about Pinterest. So that's fun. But enjoy this episode with Kate. She was such a pleasure, and I cannot wait for you to hear from Kate and learn how Pinterest can really help your business grow, how you can spend time and get more results by doing less. But before we do that, I just want to thank you listeners for being here I know a lot about you listeners, you're creatives, a lot of you are quilters, a lot of you are passionate about helping other people to learn and grow and succeed. And if that is you, if that describes you, then if you can take a moment to leave a review for the podcast, nothing helps other people find this podcast more than by having reviews. And when you leave a review, it helps the podcast to be searchable, to be shown to more people. That means other entrepreneurs who are needing help with growing their craft into a career will be able to find this podcast. So you can help another business owner out by taking a second to go and leave a review for the podcast. In fact, I'm going to read a review that was left by Ready Steady Betty. She says, relatable and attainable from a newbie to the quilterpreneur world. Elizabeth has broken down what seems like an insurmountable goal into realistic tasks. I've really enjoyed listening and learning from her many guests on the show. So, Ready Steady Betty, thank you so much for taking the time to leave this review. At the time of this recording, there are 160 reviews, which is awesome. And every time someone leaves a review... It, Like I said, it helps another entrepreneur to be able to find this podcast. It also helps me to bring great guests onto the show. The more reviews they have, the more qualified that the show is. And again, that just builds credibility and helps me to bring these great guests onto the podcast, which ultimately helps you as well. So thank you so much for everyone who's left a review. And if you haven't, please take a second to go do that. Now let's jump in and let me introduce you to Kate All. Kate, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you. To start things off, can you introduce yourself and tell us who you are in the business world?
0: Yeah, so I'm Kate All. I run a company called Simple Pin Media, and we're a Pinterest marketing agency. I like to think of myself as like Pinterest expert, Pinterest historian, somebody who really helps people understand Pinterest marketing in a way that really allows them to integrate it into their business without them feeling overwhelmed. Like it's one more social media or it's one more platform, but that we can really distill it down into really simple, actionable tips so that you can either do it yourself or you can hire us to do it for you.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, we'll jump down the road to to talk more about these things. But I did want to say one of my alumni, Leslie Rutland of The Season Homemaker, mm. she knows you, and she was yep. like, "Please have her on the podcast." <laughs> so okay, but you know who she is too. So how do you two know each other? Yeah, she was um, a client
0: of ours. Uh-huh, okay, um, and so and also I meet lots of people at conferences, and we cross paths, and all those kinds of things. So it's one of those things where. We just kind of, after all these years, right? And especially now that conferences are coming up, we kind of like bump into each other or we do, you know, Instagram or things like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Well, and she, she's a smart cookie. So when she recognizes quality, I'm like, yes, let's have her on the podcast. (laughs) So... And it's interesting, too, that Leslie would reach out because she had been so big on Pinterest and then she got burned by it. And now she's like, I'm seeing that this has a place. So I love that you say you're a historian of Pinterest as well. So can you just dive in and share with us your history with Pinterest?
0: Yeah, so actually I started working with a friend doing Facebook marketing in 2010, 11, and 12. And I was also helping her on her website do a lot of affiliate marketing. And my whole thing was trying to get this business page on Facebook really up and running. Well, right about November of 2013, Facebook changed their algorithm to make way for ads. And so this faucet, this flood of traffic essentially got shut off. And all of these people, these content creators were like, where do I go next? Well, Pinterest had come on the scene in 2010 and some people had used it and we had used it at the company that I was working for. We had played around with, you know, really trying to leverage it to drive traffic and we found it was super successful. And other people started sharing about it and started sharing about it. So right about that time, our family was also experiencing pretty tumultuous times. And the friend that I was working for, she was like, you should manage people's Pinterest pages. And I was like, that's the dumbest idea ever. Like nobody's (laughs) going to go for it. And she was like, you're poor, you got to do this. And so I actually spent four months dedicated to could this actually work? Like, could you manage for people? I found all these like underground Pinterest groups. And when Facebook had secret groups, you had to like know somebody. And I started to see that people were actually getting really good results. So in January of 2014, I started Simple Pin Media. I bought the domain, super boring website that was like (laughs) three monthly management packages. And I got three beta clients and I said, let's just see if this works. Cause what I want to make sure is that I'm not adding more to your plate, but that I'm like amplifying your message and really getting traffic out there. And it worked and it was like, Oh my gosh, this is like amazing. And so I really started to build this business and start to teach people how things worked. And then later that year, kind of my business took off and I started to hire a team. And now nine years later, we have a team of almost 30 and we've worked with like 700 Pinterest accounts. And so we had this really unique viewpoint where we could say, okay, if you're in this niche, it's going to work like this. If you're in this niche, it's going to work like this. So we were kind of able to intake clients and say, if you are in this space, it's going to be much harder for you. And we don't want anyone to sell you on the fact that you can get these big results on Pinterest when those results might be more aligned with somebody in the food space, which we know on Pinterest Mm
1: -hmm. is like the
0: number one thing. And so that's really how I got started and just began to do a podcast and start to teach people. And I think first and foremost, I love teaching. So I also love that Pinterest is different than all the rest. It's not like Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. And that I find for business owners is so difficult for them to make that leap. They're like, wait a minute, I use it personally for like recipes, but how am I supposed to use it for my marketing? I can't frame that up in my mind. So I like to help people kind of make that leap.
1: Yes. Okay. So I'm very intrigued. What are some uh, food I'm going to say, I'm going to guess food and home decor are like the top yep. interest. What, what are some areas that are yep. popular Beauty. and that can do well? And some areas where you're like, uh oh, good luck. You know? Um, so I would say, um, weddings,
0: nails are a huge one. They're a huge like industry. Um, what's another one? There's there's other ones that are like fringy, like crafting is obviously one. And then Mm -hmm. there's gardening and there's all these other things that might not be as like high up there, but I wouldn't tell here's where I would say like the one industry that like doesn't work would be local business. Like don't try to put like if you're a dentist or a chiropractor, like don't use and even I would say a hairdresser. Um, even though hair is so popular on Pinterest and it's like literally the one thing that people open up when they get into the salon, it's really hard to target a local client base with a global audience.
1: Yeah. So it'd probably be better if you were teaching like online tutorials or selling a global product or something, if you were a hair person. Okay. I get that. So as far as quilting goes, what kind of, I mean, do you, do you, can you speak to that? Like how, what kind of success can a person expect to get if they're a quilter, a quilt pattern designer? Let's say that specifically.
0: Yeah. I would say you go back to the search. So you go back to what people are looking for, because one of the things about Pinterest is that the searches are unbranded. So maybe on Instagram, people will be really interested in quilting and somebody will suggest a your brand or they'll, they'll follow a brand or something like that. Where on Pinterest, they're searching a quilting pattern for a certain type of quilt, or they'll be searching for how to even start quilting, right? Like there's this beginning stages of questions that you get. And so we always tell people, if you're ever wondering where your niche or your teaching fits, go to Pinterest and spend at least 10 minutes searching. Just search things that people ask you, search your name, search your topic, whatever it is, and you'll see how popular that is on Pinterest and begin to get an idea of, oh, I can hit people at this early stage instead of maybe like an advanced stage or, or anything like that. That's how we kind of start to begin to see how our
1: niche will fit. So is it better to... To tailor to beginning stages on Pinterest? It's not so much better, but
0: I think what it is beginning stages of the search, I would say that's probably a way to clarify it is that, you know, people are going to be thinking like, um, how do I do a certain type of stitch or how do I do all these things? You want to get into that mindset, kind of like Google instead of trying Mm -hmm. to, I think often we think of our brands being first instead of what we do being first.
1: Okay. So it is a very different way to think about it because you're thinking of more of the mechanics of their journey of their process and what they're going to be searching on Pinterest rather than your brand. Okay. Yes. This is interesting. Okay. And then, okay. I, I want you to speak on this because I just discovered this and I say recently, maybe a year or two ago, but the beauty of the fact that Pinterest is a search engine, it's not social media, and why that is so great for a business owner, you spend all this time creating on Instagram, everyone's burnt out and sick of it, and the payback is not that great. It lives there for two days if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. An hour, let's be honest. And then Pinterest, the lifespan, it like goes up in value over time. So can yeah. you speak to that?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. You nailed it. Like the lifetime value of a pin can be years. And so we think of Pinterest, like every time we add a pin to the platform, there's not a lot of dopamine hits like you get on Instagram. On Instagram, you get likes, you get engagement and you're like, it feels like you're doing something. But like you said, you're exhausted because you're jumping through these hoops to get these engagement metrics. Whereas Pinterest, it's not time-based. So when people are searching something or they're generally just scrolling through the app, they can encounter pins that are one-week-old, two-week-old, two-years-old, five-years-old. So I have a pin on my website that I pinned five years ago that has literally driven 200,000 page views for me and like 1,000 leads. And I maybe touch it like 30 minutes a year, right? And so when we think of Pinterest, it's almost like we're building we're building building blocks on our profile and we're adding things to let the algorithm know, Hey, we talk about quilting. We talk about this particular type of quilting. So if anybody ever searches for it, I want you to queue it up. Like a searcher on Google would be doing that same thing, which leads to less of a time commitment need than you do on Instagram.
1: Yes. Well, and Instagram it the people who've created it they're smart they know what they're doing i i want to say they've hired like people who worked at vegas who were looking at gambling to understand this gamification like oh you know gosh. we people sure. who are gambling get sucked into it yeah. it's the same with instagram there's no there's a reason i mean we're not idiots that we can't get away from instagram they're using the best of the best to draw us in and yeah. it's that hit of dopamine that's very Attractive and uh, addicting, you know, so we get on this hamster wheel of that hit of dopamine. But Pinterest is a long term game Mm -hmm. and understanding SEO. Do you talk about SEO at all?
0: Yeah, we do. And actually, to the last point that you made, what we find is there's two things about Pinterest one, people don't doom scroll, so they're not just like mindlessly over there, they have high intent but they're also open to low intent, right? Like if they see something that piques their interest, they're gonna lean into it. Also, what we find is that it's the introvert's platform. People don't want conversation. So all of this um, tricks that you feel on Instagram, people actually in a digital detox, they will eliminate all apps except Pinterest because it it doesn't feel like social media in their mind. So to that point of that person there with SEO, they go on to Pinterest and they have boards that they have that they've created. They name them. So for businesses, we say you want to name your boards, three to four words, very simple, straight to the point. And then you also want to name, have your profile filled out. You want to have a pin description. So when we add all of those in, the algorithm on Pinterest is searching for words so that they can match them up with the interests of the regular user. So then when they open their feed, you know, when they open their phone, they have what's called a home feed and then they have a search feed and Pinterest is trying to match you up so closely with what you want to where you get great results every single time. Kind of like, again, like Google, you don't want to do a search on Google and literally not find what you're looking for. So that's the same with Pinterest. So SEO is always done in your description, your board names, your board description, and your pin description. Anywhere Pinterest gives you the option to fill something out, do it and do it like a human, not somebody keyword stuffing.
1: Okay. So does keyword stuffing kind of like slap you on the hand and penalize you? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it's not as formal
0: as we see on Google, but we find that it doesn't really help the algorithm. Also don't use hashtags on Pinterest. Like they're, they're not helpful. You'll see some things around in the like internet where it's like, use hashtags. It's very old advice. Hashtags actually break the keyword chain. So the algorithm is trying to read your sentences and similar to Google, they want it to sound like a human.
1: Hmm. Okay. Very cool. So For the listener who doesn't know what Tailwind is, first Mm -hmm. of all, can you briefly explain what it is? And then second of all, do you recommend people use it?
0: Yeah. So there's things like Tailwind, Later, Planoly, and even Canva has their own scheduling tool. That's what these are called. So with Pinterest marketing, you want to be adding pins to the platform every single day. And we have people who are seasoned. They have been doing it for years and they just don't have the time to be on their phone all the time. And so they leverage these tools so that they can actually schedule to the platform. That is totally fine with Pinterest. In fact, Pinterest has said, great, we think that's fantastic. We approve these scheduling tools. So you add pins to them so that it can drip onto the platform every single day. We love them. We use them for our clients. Um, If you don't have a lot of content yet, or if you're fairly new to Pinterest, it is totally okay for you not to use them for you just to manually upload or just pin to the platform. You don't have to pay for them just yet, but when you do get more content, we highly suggest it.
1: Okay. Okay. And, well, and now I'm nervous to even go down this past path because my listeners may or may not know what I'm talking about. But for those who don't or do, in Tailwind, I want to say they've renamed it, but they used to have what's called tribes. Oh, you're weird saying that word. Okay, yeah, yeah, communities. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I can see why they changed that. So communities, do you use those and recommend those as well? We don't.
0: And the reason is, is that this was really birthed out of this idea. Um, a long time ago, there used to be these Facebook share threads. And there was an idea that if you shared your stuff with me and I shared my stuff with you, we could amplify. Well, it's kind of a false amplification because I'm not actually like your ideal person. I'm just like sharing it on your behalf. And we also found there wasn't a lot of reciprocity in these communities. So Tailwind created this way to kind of make up more siloed into niches to where they would be more closely aligned, but we still don't recommend, you don't have to pin other people's content to Pinterest. It's not part of the algorithm. You can just do oh. it if you want to support people, but we recommend you pin hundred percent of your own stuff. And so, Oh really? Yep. Only I, that's, two, that's
1: news to me. Okay. Yeah,
0: you don't have to worry about it. It was kind of an old theory that somebody had read something in like this Google doc that they interpreted to mean that the more you pinned other people's stuff, the more you could get better engagement and these kinds of things. But it doesn't actually help you grow. It helps that pin grow because before you used to be able to see who pinned it, you can't see that anymore. So we tell Hmm. people only join communities if you want to support other people. Um, But just remember like
1: another quilter is not like you're not each other's target market. Oh, that's okay. This is mind blowing. Cause whenever I studied about Pinterest years ago, it was like 80, 20, you know, and I can't even remember if it was 80% yours or 80% someone else's, but okay, this is, this is good to know. Thank you. It's
0: flip-flopped over the years a ton
1: as things do as things do, you know? Yeah. So are there video pins or like interactive pins or what kind of different pins are there? Let's go that route.
0: Yeah, that's a great way place to start. Okay, we have four different types of pin formats. We have standard pin. We have idea pin. We have a video pin, which we think is actually going to get merged into idea pins. And we have a paid ad called a Pinterest ad. So with all of these, the standard pin is just your regular Two to three ratio. It's vertical. It's what is most active on the platform. Like you'll see them everywhere. And then they have this new form called an idea pin. And the idea pin is kind of like a story and a real had a baby. And it's Hmm. a way that you can upload like cards, if you will, or you can just do short form video. So think of them as you want to walk through a very quick tutorial. To where people actually might need to know more. Um, and you can put your video in there or you can put static images in there, and then you have a paid ad, which those look very native on the platform, they're very hard to see, which is good. That's what Pinterest wants, is they want you to think a paid ad is native. So we most often tell people the two types of formats you're gonna want to use are standard and idea pins, and idea pins have been around for about two years and they didn't have links. They've just recently rolled out getting links. So some accounts have them, some don't. That was like a source of frustration hmm. for people. Cause they're like, Oh, they don't link. They don't go anywhere. Yeah. So when you're choosing to kind of develop your creatives for Pinterest, nail the standard image first. Don't even worry about idea pins yet. Just worry about like, how am I creating a regular pin it has everything in it. It has context, right? Like we want to use text and then it has the pin description, pin title. Get really good at that before you embark on idea pins.
1: Okay. I would love to know what makes the perfect standard pin. Is that what we called it? Um, yeah. Like what, what's the ratio? What should be on it? What makes somebody really stop and look at a standard pin?
0: Yeah. So think of it like billboard advertising, People open up their phone, they scroll through, and something has to catch their attention pretty quickly. So the things we say to put inside that image, one, it's two to three. So that's 1,000 by 1,500. You can get that with Canva. That's you know a very standard Pinterest template. Number two, you always want to have a very clear image that will give people context when they hit your website. So a lot of people will use different types of images. And then when the person gets to the website, they're like, where am I? I don't I didn't have context here. And then three is text. You can use three to four words, um, a few things that describe what people will encounter. And Pinterest will read those words. They have AI that looks at those images and reads it and categorizes it. So that's a little bit back to the SEO piece. And then the last is your logo. You want to tastefully put your logo anywhere that you see on the image, but it's not like a watermark so that you can begin to get brand recognition. We recommend using the same colors, the same fonts that you have on your website to again, create that connection.
1: Yes. So that when people see any photo from you, they're like, that looks exactly like Quilters Candy or whatever brand. Yes, totally. Very smart. So, okay. Realistically, how much time does a person need to spend a week on Pinterest to see results? Uh, That's a great
0: question. Okay. So what we tell people is you're going to spend more time in the beginning if you've never marketed on the platform before. So with that being said, you want to make sure your profile is a business account, your profile is completely up to date, and it looks like your business. So that's going to take you probably two to three hours to kind of like level set everything. And then after that, you want to get good at creating images, which can take a long time. I recommend people get Pinterest templates or they get some help with it. I have a hard time creating Pinterest images. It's like really difficult for me. So I like leveraging templates to make that process that much quicker. And then after that, it becomes down to like a scheduling game of taking your content making sure it has the great image and then putting it onto the boards that you have. So it's about two to three hours a week. Three is on the higher side. If you're doing those idea pins, you can probably do it in one to two hours a week by batch scheduling ahead of time. But that's gonna be after you get into the groove and you realize, okay, now I know why I'm using Pinterest. Now I know how I'm using Pinterest and I'm gonna keep leveraging it from there.
1: So one question that I do have Again, it's been years. I, I now have someone else managing my Pinterest, if you couldn't tell. But um, so one of the things that I learned back then was, let's say, one of my quilt patterns, my Better Together quilt pattern. I have one listing on Shopify for better together. And let's just for the sake of this, pretend that that's the only web address URL where people can go and find information on my better together quilt pattern. As I recall, Pinterest doesn't want you continually making new pins using that same URL. Like you want to then have a blog post that talks about it. Is that right? You don't like you get penalized almost for creating more pins about with that same URL.
0: Yeah. So this has been a common, like, um, I don't know if you want to call it like debate of people for over these years of how many new images you can kind of create over and over. What we don't want to do is a lot of times people take one piece of content and they'll just keep creating images. And that doesn't, what Pinterest really wants from you is to create, creating content, to creating blog posts, to creating things that are new for the platform. So where we've noticed it not working is that let's say you stop creating content altogether. Like there's no new blog posts, no new podcasts, no new Shopify listings. We see people decline in performance when they do that. We don't see people decline if they are creating new content going forward And they're updating stuff going forward. So you can pin again that particular pin to that Shopify store. um, And you can even get like connected your shop and Pinterest can be connected through like the verified merchant program and connect your catalog, things like that. So that is okay because the natural habit of a pinner is people pin your stuff all the time. So let's say, especially if you have a pretty active audience or people sharing it, there can be things hitting the platform all the time. So the decrease really comes when you stop creating anything new. And we find in all the data that we have, people do really well if they do have blog posts and content to support their products and what they're talking about. That's, that's like the magic happens at that point.
1: So would you recommend, let's say for someone in my audience, they're writing and selling their very own quilt patterns. It's a good idea to have a blog where you can just even create one blog post that tells why the history of why I made this quilt pattern. Another blog post on the fabrics I used to make this quilt pattern. Just a Mm -hmm. few different blog posts that talk about that product. Yes,
0: exactly. And the easiest way to do it, is take the questions you're getting from people because oftentimes you're getting uh, your FAQs. is a great place to start because people might ask follow-up questions to, you know, why did you use this fabric? Or how did you source this fabric? Or what did you do here? Create blog posts around that. That's the easiest way to quickly create content.
1: Well, and especially because then people, you already know they're looking for those. They're asking those questions. So if they go to Pinterest, they'll probably search that question how do i choose fabric for blah, blah 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 you know and yes that kind of a thing all right i like this so also can you talk to me about pinterest ads i've never done it, it do you recommend it as do you do people see results from it
0: yeah pinterest ads are they're so different than all the other, all the rest, right? Like they're not like a Facebook ad. They're not like an Instagram ad. Um, You're really trying to make sure that you have a pretty strong conversion. So whether it's buying your patterns or whether it's joining your email list or whatever it might be, we tell people, think about how much you want to spend in order to get that conversion. I think that's every ad platform you want to do that but it takes about six to eight weeks to really see movement two weeks for sure. In fact, when we start a Pinterest ad, we tell people don't even touch it for two weeks, just let the pixel kind of warm up and Pinterest kind of seed it out. And then at two weeks you can start to understand it. So actually we have a whole like ad society membership community of people running ads. And we find that they can be very complementary to what you're doing on Facebook and Instagram by hitting a totally different audience on Pinterest, kind of that, we, we like to define them as Pinterest is your cold audience. It's people who don't know you and they've never had an interaction with you. And then like the Facebook, Instagram is very warm to you. Like they're, they're familiar with your ecosystem. So when you leverage both of them, you're kind of fueling both. And that is really the magic is when you can use both at the same time.
1: Very cool. Well, then I'll have to reach out to you afterwards. Cause I have a, a course that I open once a year on how to write and sell quilt patterns and running ads and Facebook and Instagram does, it hits the warm audience, but I've never thought in Pinterest to the cold audience. So yeah, hmm, very interesting. <laughs> I'll have to think I'm about that. You. Yes. Yes, <laughs> you have. Is there anything else that you would want a business owner to know about Pinterest or just be aware about?
0: Yeah. I would say the number one thing is if you don't understand it in the beginning, that's okay. Like it's going to take you a little bit of time to get up and running and rolling with it. So just give yourself the grace and the time to learn it and then invest in it. And we tell people Pinterest takes six to nine months to really start to see lift. And so when you approach it, Approach it for the long haul. This is a long term investment. This is not going to be a quick win. You're not going to feel good. You're feeling like it's not doing anything. And then all of a sudden, those things that you pinned six to nine months ago start to really bring that long term residual traffic. So just don't give up and set your sights on leveraging it as a totally different platform than all the rest. Do not think of it as social media, really think of it as search and discovery, and you're finding new people.
1: And for a lot of my audience who are new, there's this feeling of, oh my gosh, that's one more thing I need to add to my plate. Is there a time in a business that you could say, once you're, you're at this point, this is a good time to think about Pinterest, or I don't know if there's advice for that?
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I would say it's right out of the gate. It's kind of like how I see Google in that I know When I look at analytics of any business who is already leveraging Pinterest, I see Google Pinterest as number one and number two always. And so what that tells me is that somebody a long time ago said, I'm going to make this important and it's hard. It is hard. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to lie, but I would say Pinterest is always going to be the thing that you have. It's just a building block in your business. I would most likely tell someone if you're spending all these hours on Instagram then reallocate those hours to Pinterest. And that's what we've had to do in my business as well. We looked at the data and we're like, we're literally killing ourselves for 40 clicks a month. Like, and we have a pretty decent engagement Mm -hmm. on Instagram and followers. And over here on Pinterest, we are spending a quarter of the time for 1500 clicks a month. Well, the where should we be spending our time? So we should be experimenting on Pinterest. We should be doing a little bit more. We should be trying new things and let Instagram kind of fall where it will. And that is what I now tell a lot of business owners is like, let the data guide you. But if you're totally new, I would always incorporate Pinterest into your marketing because you know, it's going to build on, you know, your results later.
1: Yes, where you're spending time that's going to benefit you in more than just an hour. And I just think a lot of new business owners, and I I get it, but we get caught in the vanity metrics of like well, I have this many followers or I need to get this many followers, but I know too many business owners who are very successful and they, they do not have a large following on Instagram. Like that is not Mm -hmm. always directly correlated with your success. You know, Instagram would like you to think so. They're very good at making us care, but
0: yes. Oh, totally. (laughs) And I will tell you too, after looking at lots of analytics, people we see that have this amazing Instagram presence, they, get so much more traffic from Pinterest that they, they end up outsourcing it to us because they do know that their face has to be on Instagram to kind of fuel that beast. And that your face doesn't necessarily have to be on Pinterest, but your content does the way that you really share and teach does. And so it's a little bit easier to outsource than something like Instagram.
1: That's true. That's a good point. So do you offer courses? So I, I, you obviously will take on people's accounts and kind of run that for them and I'm assuming there's different tiers like depending on how how much time you're doing you know investing in that but do you offer courses or what other products can people find from you
0: yeah we have a whole shopify store actually at simplepinshop.com where we have courses we have templates we basically we used to teach in a membership model which we loved But we just found that people were looking for very targeted, specific things. Like I wanna learn idea pins, or I wanna learn how to get my shop up and running. And housing that all under the membership felt really limiting. So we put it all over on the shop and we add new products to that actually every other Friday. So you can find courses, small individual like templates or idea pin templates over there. And then we also do offer strategy calls and audits as well for people who just need like a face-to-face and somebody just to tell them what to do, but not fully manage for them.
1: Hmm. Okay, that's also very good to know. All right. So if our listeners want to find you, where do they go?
0: Yeah, so Simple Pin Podcast is a great place to start. I have that podcast on your player. Go check that out. And then simplepinmedia.com. We have all of our education, all of our services, and then a link to our shop there as well.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was very enlightening for me if you didn't notice. And I'm very excited to go and I, I I'm i glad you have these templates because you had mentioned like just using some templates. So I'm glad you mentioned that as well. But I'm excited to go and check out all that you offer. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to chat with you. And I really loved all that I learned about Pinterest. And I cannot wait to go and check out your store and the templates that you sell. And, you know, as I mentioned, explore the idea of Pinterest ads. We'll see. So thank you again for being here. Join me next Friday right here on the Craft to Career podcast. There will be a brand new episode that will help you learn how to turn your craft into a successful career. Until then, have a great week.